gentlemen, welcome to the only comic book show you're ever going to need to listen to. Beyond the panel here on UMFM 101.5, my name is Brian. I am the host with the most, but I promise if you ask for my name three times, you're only going to be met with disappointment. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by the ever-exuberant Curtis Mensworth. Well, thank you for that introduction. I'm happy to be here, as usual. And uh, Braden ha- Hafichuk? Hafichuk. There we go. I got it right, Hafichuk. sort of. How are you guys, how are you gentlemans doing today? Wonderful. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Tired after a long haul at the Comic-Con. Yeah, so that's that's going to be our major topic of the day. Of course, we're talking about C4. I was not able to attend. Uh, I wish I would have been able to, but uh, these two clowns, these junkies, <laughs> these comic book fiends were uh, were very much able to attend. Uh, Braden, of course, worked, uh, and Curtis went in all of his glory oh, and, yeah. and and attended they got to meet some cool people we might have some cool news too i don't want to i don't want to be that guy but uh we uh, we might have some really cool stuff to announce in the near future based on these two these two's exploits at the con but um so we're gonna we're gonna run through these guys' experience and uh if we have time at the end we're gonna talk uh about the new marvel movie thor um thor ragnarok so first of all you guys you guys both went to c4 how many how many years uh have have you guys been to like comic-con uh well i've been going straight at least for the last seven years okay like i've been going to c4 also known as the central canada comic-con right yeah. ever since like before it was even at the convention center my first year going to it, it was at the uh, Victoria Hotel, close to the airport. <laughs> okay. And it was a lot smaller back then. Oh, and like... It's really taken off. It really has. But like the thing is, the year that I went there, that was kind of like its last year in the Victoria Hotel because it had gotten big and there was like maybe three feet of walking room between wow. booths. Yeah, like it was... That sounds insane. Yeah. So pretty happy that it's at the convention center now, especially with that new... Uh, expansion to it. So much more space for creators, so much more space for uh, shops and everything, and guests. It's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been going as long as you have, Brayden. I mean, obviously lifelong comic fan. It's just, <laughs> growing up, I I never had anyone really who was super into comics to go with. So, you know, when when you're 12 years old, you kind of have to rely on other people to, like, take you and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, like, for me, like, I've been going... Uh, like the last three, four years now. So, okay. I go. mean, not not super long, but um, it's it's always been an enjoyable time for me. I've I always have. A lot I keep of fun. forgetting that you're like five years younger than me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am. I'm only in my fourth year out of school, so I'm only 21. So I haven't lived as much as you have. He's a widow boy. I a stop it. You're making me feel old. Get <laughs> off my lawn. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, like, obviously you guys have experienced a whole bunch of Comic-Cons then, yeah. between the two of you. Uh, I, I've been to a number of Comic-Cons, unfortunately wasn't able to go to this one. Um, so tell me, like, uh, in regards to, like, how does this rate in comparison, like, the guests, the cosplay, the boots, the stuff that you found? Yeah. How does it rate in comparison to the other Comic-Cons you've been to? Like, higher or, like, was it above average or below average in comparison to the other ones? Uh, I'd say, and I'm being completely objective here because, like, I was I was excited Subjective. so much for this. Like, I got like got to meet so many of my favorite creators and that who are coming in from out of town. Like, they weren't the big name guests in that, but it was just so I've been like fans of them since I was a little kid. So it was really nice just to meet them and just hear their stories and that. Yeah. But uh, for the con overall, and I only got an hour or so of actually walking it. The rest of it was Hawk and Pops to wonderful fans walking by. Oh yeah. But uh, I'd say it was about. Eh, about an average one. Okay. Like, there was no, there was no like pinnacle guest this year, like there were in previous years, like uh, William Shatner or Patrick Stewart. Jay Baruchel is pretty cool, though. Jay Baruchel is very cool. I, I'd say he was the premier guest. Right. I mean, uh, he was the one that they advertised the most. Uh, yeah, I'd say either him or John Rhys Davies. But John Rhys Davies has been here a couple of years in that. Right. But he, he's like him and Jay Baruchel are definitely like oh, yeah. the A lists coming in. Steve Bloom. Obviously, would have been really cool. Yeah, Steve he Luke. was, he was there. Yeah. For I mean, like I mean, obviously not for for people who are just a fan of like the like the written on and drawn on page comics. It's not as cool. But like for those of us who like to expand into different, mm-hmm. he, he is obviously the voice of Wolverine. Um, he is for anime fans. He's the voice of Spike Spiegel. Yeah, the the cowboy, the Bebo. English ver, uh, voice of Spike Spiegel. Um, he's the character like the main your the protagonist in Bulletstorm. Yeah, is, is he also Master Chief? Uh, I 
want to say yes. He basically, if you hear a gravelly voice in comics, he has a really distinct voice. It's distinct, but yeah. if you hear a gravelly voice in comics, odds are it's Steve Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's incredible. I think. Um, who else was there? Uh, Denise Crosby, Jim Beaver, uh, Mark McClure, Paul Amos, Renee O'Connor, Allison Mack. Oh, so yeah, Smallville. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ken Shamrock was there. Yeah. Ken Shamrock, the, the professional wrestler, uh, former MMA uh, guy, he was there. Um, yeah, so, and John Reese Davies, obviously, from Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's been here a few times. It still would have been really cool to see him, though. Yeah, and, like, the after party after the Saturday con, after the Saturday con um, there, there was the after party going on at the Radisson Hotel downtown. And John Rice Davies was there as like a friendly event in that for about an hour or just so. Just like hanging out? Just like hanging out. I think you could like either get like signatures or pictures of them, but it's just like a much more casual setting than it was at the con. So I, I wasn't able to go to it, but I, I, I would have been excited to go and just check that uh, out. Just For the record, Steve Bloom in Halo, not, not Master Chief. Not Master Chief. Does a whole bunch of additional voices. So that's okay. probably probably what you heard him from. Um, plays Darkstar in No More Heroes, the video game, if you ever got to play that. Um, he's in Ben 10. He plays. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was Rhino in the Spider Man 3 video game. Yes. God forbid you ever played that. Ooh, <laughs> um, I did. That he's uh, Gene in the Metal Gear series. Um, I'm just going through a. Uh, he has, his, he has his quite the portfolio. IMDb is like a million miles long. Uh, yeah, he, he's in Guild Wars. Uh, he's Mugen in Samurai Champloo. Yeah, uh, he's Jamie in Megas XLR. Oh. oh yes, I remember that series. Yeah, I so thought about that one in like, ages. You guys should go talk to Tiago from uh, TV Talkers. That's like one of his favorite shows at the moment. Oh so. man, it's so good. That. Don't even talk smack about it. it <laughs> I wish it had been longer. I remember watching that as a kid. Megas XLR is amazing. Back to the topic at hand, though. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously the guests were pretty cool. Did you guys meet anybody outside of like the like build guests that were really enriching, awesome experiences for you guys? Ooh, other than the build guests, I got to uh, touch base with a lot of uh, my independent comic friends who were set up in uh, Artist Alley. Okay. Specific shout out to uh, Andrew Lawrence of September Seventeenth Productions. He's uh, he runs his own comic book company. It's awesome. They've got about four. Actually, five titles out at the moment, each of them in, in various stages of issues. But they're all they're all really good. It's all entertaining. It's a really tight knit world, and it was just nice to just touch base with them and see how everything's going. So nice. Pretty uh, would you recommend? What would you recommend of his stuff off of September seventeenth? September seventeenth. Yeah. What um, would you recommend? Like, if if I were to be like, yo, I want to read one thing to get like the breach or like to get the idea of this guy's talent. Let's, what what of, am I reading? That's kind of the thing. It's like his company really has something for everybody. Okay. Uh, he's got several team books out, but he's got some solo books. The main book of the company is called Legacy. Okay. And it's a solo hero book, but it, it's kind of it's the book that everything else revolves around. Is Legacy the name of the hero? Like, uh, Legacy is the name of the city. Okay. Uh, the the hero's name, I believe, is Paragon. Okay. And yeah. so, like, tell me about that. Uh, well, it's it's it's, it's um. Standard setting, uh, like standard superhero setting, and it, it starts off kind of like your, your, super, your basic superhero story. Okay. But after reading the first issue and keep going, you realize that the story isn't really about the main hero. Uh, like it just shows in the title. It's like it's all about the city okay. that the hero resides in and that. And he's like he's the principal actor of the story, but the story isn't necessarily about him. It's the development. And you also see the city like breaking off into other segments and stories in other books. That's so cool. It's, it's just this really tightly knit world. That's just awesome. everything works. And he, he just launched his uh, new book, Sentries. It's be- being billed as, like, the Avengers. It's like the Avengers movie in, like, paper form. And I know there might be an Avengers comic, but this one has a real, like, cinematic feel to it. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'll That's definitely intriguing. be checking that out. Curtis, did you uh, meet anybody? Yeah. So, f- so for uh, myself, basically, Comic-Con was a lot of fun. Uh, since I wasn't working, uh, <laughs> I, I was able to walk around and, and experience and take it all in, uh, for better or for worse. Um I mean, I think the coolest thing about Comic-Con is definitely talking to artists and looking at all these awesome, you know, uh, all these awesome things that they have been working on and kind of seeing what they're up to. I got the really neat chance of meeting uh, Jason Fabok um, mm. and oh. getting some comics signed by him. And oh. for anyone who is like, I that name sounds familiar, uh, most recently he collaborated, uh, he collaborated with uh, Tom King on a four-part storyline called The Button, 
who's basically just tying into the Watchmen and, and it, it, that it, whole mystery. It goes across uh, the main Batman book and the main Flash. Yeah, book. Batman twenty one twenty two, Flash twenty one twenty two. Uh, right. He did the he did the cover art on all four issues and the interior art on the Batman issues. Mm-hmm. So I got I got my issues signed by him for that. Uh, other stuff that he's done is he's uh, he's worked with Jeff Johns, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely that definitely got his name out there. He worked on Justice League, Detective Comics. Uh, he's done Suicide Squad, so he's definitely a, a well-known guy in the industry. Mm-hmm. Very cool meeting him. Uh, Leonard Kirk was there too. Yeah, uh, he's done a lot of cool stuff with Marvel. Uh, he was he's with Chapter House too. Um, so meeting him was was uh, pretty awesome as well. Um, besides that, um, I was, I was more interested in the comics than like meeting like actors or things like that. Not to say that that isn't cool, but for me, Comic-Con is always the emphasis is on the comics. I was like Mm -hmm. looking at kind of what comics are there, what people involved in comics are there. So for me, those, uh, some of those names that I mentioned were kind of the highlight of my experience. So then under that umbrella, right, looking for comics, you know, the comics are the emphasis. Did you, did either of you see anything, any issues, any collected editions that like really stood out to you as like, whoa, like I've never seen this in person before? There was a lot of cool stuff. Like they have a ton of, uh, ton of different areas um, in the convention center. Uh, there's like a whole area with like golden age and silver age mm-hmm. comics. So stuff, stuff that's like from the fifties, like really rare, kind of hard to find stuff. That was really cool. Was it like really expensive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, depending on the issue, I mean, what is if, the most expensive single issue that you saw? Oh, I don't even. Man, that's that's a tough one. There is some really you, old. You don't have to tell comics. me. Like, you don't have to say what the exact issue was, but like, do you remember the price? One that was just like, holy cow, this is like insane. Oh, I, I've seen one. I've seen a few for like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, nothing in like the tens of thousands. Like that wouldn't just be out in the open at a comic con for people to buy so no, easily. No, that's usually under lock and key. But yeah, yeah. They, they definitely have ones that are like several hundreds of dollars. Uh, things that are like you know old nineteen fifties action comics. Things that must like be that. so. Strange. Stressful for the seller to like yeah. have to like watch over that all the time. Is that, right? gonna, is that guy going to steal? No, no. They they have a few it's people who are like watching you, and yeah, they're they're security teams too. Like because I'm sure I'm sure people have tried uh, stealing things at Comic Con. Yeah, I saw I saw the lot. police actually walk by a couple times. So I'm thinking maybe somebody tried to pull it off, but it looks like they didn't succeed. So no, I think that's just like it's a requirement if you're if you have a, a gathering of a certain number oh, of people. Yeah. I think the oh, yeah. cops just have to be there. That's why like the cops are at like sports events right? yeah that right, makes right. a lot of sense in just, concerts uh, i think they just have like if there's a gathering of a certain number yeah. of people like they just have to be there for whatever civil there's a lot of concerns. like rare collectibles too though like besides just like comics like statues you know things mm-hmm. that are like you know 700 dollar uh you know figurines of certain characters things like that um Blows i definitely don't that i i do not have that kind of money so i was only there to look at those not buy those i i did buy some things but nothing nothing that expensive Okay. All right. Well, I mean, so um, I, I'm assuming that both of you managed to purchase some things oh, while yeah. you were at Comic-Con. What was your favorite thing to purchase? Okay. Uh, Brayden. Well, it's kind of tough for me because it's like, as soon, like I, I actually got, it's kind of cheating because I got a big stack of stuff from Galaxy after after the fact, just like with the deals and everything going on. They I had mean, some like, you killer still, deals. You yeah. still bought it though, right? So like it was still something you got at Comic-Con, yeah. right? So... Well, it's actually like this kind of uh, two like two things that I'm really proud of, or not proud of, but I was really excited to get. Uh, one is this collection of like single volumes and that of like old Dark Horse Star Wars comics. Oh, that's cool. oh, like, I love the extended universe extended stuff. Extended universe. And oh, this, this was like um, the stuff I was purchasing was near the end of the Dark Horse era. So, like Kate Skywalker type stuff. Not not legacy stuff. The per- the stuff I was purchasing was um, Knight Errant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's that. That one set. It, that one is set a thousand years before the movies. Right. I love that era of Star oh. Wars. It was so interesting. Oh yeah, like when you had um, you had the new Sith Wars. Yeah, that and everything. particular era. Exar Kun and stuff like that. Ulik Keldrama. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I got uh, Knight Errant. Haven't opened that up yet, but the art looks pretty top-notch in it. I'm kind of excited. It's always been really good. I was having this conversation with a couple of friends of mine who were blown away at like how big Dark Horse got, considering mm. that it was like founded by a 
like a dude in Oregon who just owned a comic store. Right? Yeah, his store was dark. His store was Dark Horse Comics, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna start st- making my own comics. I'm gonna start making my own comics." And it got to the point where, like, for a while in the '90s, every single company that wanted like a third like a comic done for their television show mm-hmm. or their movie went through dark horse and like star wars comics were done through dark horse forever and ever and ever and ever they were with yeah. marvel for quite some time they, they started off too. with marvel and yeah. then i think the initial um the initial license wore out and then they went to dark horse but now the fact that like disney owns it they've kind yeah, of gathered yeah, all their properties marvel together is publishing star wars so stuff. The new Star Wars. Well, that and the extended universe technically isn't canon anymore. Oh, that was heartbreaking. But uh, it doesn't stop the stories from being there, right? Which it, is still cool. It doesn't stop it, but it's the the sad fact that there's no more being added to that that universe. Well, but like, okay. But here's my hot take: they they had done pretty much everything that they could have done, right? Mm-hmm. They explored so much of everything before the Knights of the Old Republic stuff, and then they explored so much of everything that was post to like. How much further can you go in any direction, right? Well, well, it's like they were actually starting to build stuff. After, like, Legacy concluded. Cade Skywalker... Right. Well, spoilers, but the series has been out for a long time. <laughs> Cade Skywalker defeated Darth Krayt, finally. Right. And Balance was brought to the Force. The Sith Empire was defeated in that. God bless the Skywalkers. God, God oh, bless yeah. the Skywalkers. They're always there to save the bacon. And, like, the Empire... The Republic and the Jedi were finally, like, at peace with each other. Right. So it's like, okay, that's like a natural conclusion. But then they start making more... They started another series right after that where it's actually, like, Leia's descendant. And she's, like, having to, like, piece everything together and there's a new mystery. But that's when... Spooky. Yeah, but that's when the axe got brought down. So it's like the univ- like the whole extended universe ended on that, oh, there's a new threat on the horizon. So... Yeah, I mean, like, the thing with Star Wars is you can kind of always do that, but at the same time, like, you shouldn't necessarily, like, need to, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, if they if they left it with the legacy ending where it's just, like, the three parties that have constantly been at each other's necks since 1977, if they finally said, okay, you know what, we're at peace with each other, this is solid. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so... Curtis, what did you yeah. pick up? Back to Comic-Con. What did you Alrighty. pick up that you really liked? So, uh, for myself, uh, something that uh, you definitely would really like is I got a really cool Blue Beetle Daddy! figure. Nice. Yeah, uh, normally quite expensive uh, under under normal circumstances. That figure, I think, is like normally 40 bucks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a really nice Blue Beetle figure. What uh, series is this? Uh, from the Justice League International DC uh, line. Uh, they, they had a bunch of figures there. Including um, Booster with its goofy yeah, they, like, oh. they had they had all kinds of uh, figures but I went with Blue Beetle because I, I really like Blue Beetle Daddy. and I know you really like Blue Beetle so that that was something that was a really nice find for me I also managed uh, to complete my Jeff Lemire Animal Man run. Oh! Picked up some good... Believe it or not, yeah, a lot of people don't know Jeff Lemire had a run on Animal Man with DC, but that was really cool. Nice. Is that New 52? Yeah, that was yeah, that was during 52. the New 52 era. Kind of one of those lesser-known titles that was actually a, a really, really popular by readers, just commercially not as successful as... Uh, I felt like it should have been as commercially successful because of how well done it was. I felt like it should have been as commercially successful as, like, Swamp Thing, but, like, it it wasn't. Swamp Thing was written by Scott Snyder, so that's another big-name talent behind a lesser-known character. He wasn't big at the time, though, right? True. I mean, he was writing Batman at the same time, but that was also before Batman... Really took off, I guess, with yeah. the whole Court of Owls. Because he was writing that at the same right, time. Right, exactly. And so, like, Swamp Thing, the first 12 issues of Swamp Thing were just as big as, like, those Batman issues before anybody had, like, any idea yeah, who the heck Scott that Snyder is true. was. Because yeah. Yeah. it's, like, the reason that the early issues from Scott Snyder's Batman run are so expensive, it's not because, oh, it's the, it's the beginning of Scott Snyder's run, because there's actually a previous series that he did on Batman that everybody Yeah, the, wants. the Black Mirror. The Black that, Mirror. That was really good. The reason that, like, Batman issue one and two are so expensive is because, like you said, it wasn't that huge of a series. Nobody really had knew a lot about Scott Snyder. Batman was kind of it was a it was one of their A list series, but it wasn't a lot. So they really didn't they really didn't print a lot of that first issue. Mm-hmm. Well, and not only that, but like at the time, people didn't buy it in droves because it was just it was a like it didn't show like any previous like villain or anything right like yeah. it was just like all of a sudden it was it was a mystery and nobody knew because it was he walked into the. 
he talked to Gordon. He walked into the the apartment or whatever where the the bum was supposed to be, and he was just like strung up, and it was like the court of the owls is watching you or whatever, painted in blood on the walls. Yeah. And so, you know, like, everyone's like, oh, great, here we go again. Another really bad Batman storyline that's eventually going to end up in the Penguin or the Joker or whatever. <laughs> and it turned out to be at least my favorite Batman storyline of all time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a modern classic. so yeah. good. Uh, yeah, so Scott Snyder's really good. But that that anima, uh, uh, Lemire's Animal Man run yeah. should have been as big as Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing run. Yeah, Lemire, Lemire in general is just always very solid. And pretty it's much great. anything I've read by him I've always liked. So his Animal, ran, his animal Man run was cool. I got some really uh, some really wacky Plastic Man issues at Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a big Plastic Man guy. So, nice. you know, gotta, gotta find some cool Plastic Man issues. So overall, it, it was a pretty good haul. Uh, I uh, I definitely enjoyed myself there. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad to hear that for both of you guys. Um, one like you guys mentioned that you know comics is obviously the bo- the biggest thing for for you guys, um, and so you try to focus on that. But mm-hmm. you know it's not Comic Con is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It, it, it can be for everyone. It's not exactly. always about comics. And so know? what were what were some of the other things that you guys noticed that might have been of interest to somebody else? You know, something that caught your interest was like, okay, that's you know that's not my thing, but like that is a really cool thing that's mm-hmm. going on. That I, you know, somebody would want to take part in, or like, or see, or talk to, or do. So, like, hit me, hit me up with that. Like, what, what cool things did you see that weren't in your wheelhouse? Uh, for me, it'd probably this is probably the biggest answer, but the cosplays. Like, uh, yeah, that's a huge thing. People love cosplays. It's amazing, and it's like I wasn't able to. I was only able to walk around the convention for that hour, but just at my corner where I was, I was at like the intersection of a whole bunch of different booths, and so many different people in amazing costumes like every five minutes i was i was stopping them like hey would i just be able to take a picture of the costume and all of them are just super gracious about it they're like yeah no problem but i mean that's what they do it for right like they do it because like they obviously enjoy doing it and they enjoy enriching people's lives that way people exactly. put a lot of time effort and money a towards lot of money and it shows it's expensive to it's not cheap mm. to come up with a good costume it, it shows like some of the most stunning costumes were from like Overwatch, where it's just like they were doing the whole costumes. And that one of them was like the angel character, Mercy. Mercy, yeah, and she had like the full wings and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of video game yeah. cosplays, anime, just things that are not even comic related. Street Fighter like is a do. really big one. You see a lot of Chun Li and Cammy, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and Bison is another one yeah. you see a lot of. Um, I feel like there's a lot of like uh, Mortal Kombat cosplays. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a decent amount of like Super Smash Brothers stuff. Um, yeah, there's there's things I from all over. Wouldn't the place. be surprised. Samus Aran. There was a couple. So like, what did did you see? Get to see a lot of cosplays too? I did. Yeah, I saw uh, one that was really really impressed me, but also looked to be extremely cumbersome. Was uh, like an eight foot tall Hulkbuster cosplay. Right. So like Tony Very Stark's accurate. Iron Man Hulkbuster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was impressive. I was just... it like plastic metal? Like what? what did what, you see that one, Braden? Only in the distance. Like I could see him. Like like me and the other coworkers just like, what the heck is that? And we just realized like this big lumbering monster know, across it, the booth. That's a cosplay. <laughs> It, it was probably some kind of like carbon fiber, so something yeah. that would have the appearance, I guess, of the but of be kind light, of metal, but super lightweight. Light. So yeah. maybe it wasn't as heavy as it looked. It just looked really, really cumbersome to move around in. Mm-hmm. Was he was the, was the person walking on stilts? I'm assuming they, they would have had, had to, to have been. been. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really impressive. It was a anything. coloring on point too. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, really, really, really well done. I have no idea how much it costs to get all those materials, but an insane amount of money. And they yes. had the lights and everything all over it. No, so it was. It, oh they went God. all this out. This person might have been one of the top five that I saw. I mean, I'm sure there were other ones that I didn't even see well, on what else? Friday and. Sunday, but what else was in your top five? Uh, besides Hulkbuster, I saw a really cool uh, Galactus cosplay. No, uh, really, really <laughs> impressive. Uh, I saw Doctor Manhattan. That was really well done. Complete it, with complete with glowing blue dong. It, uh, oh. He was wearing some boxer briefs. Uh, had to keep it uh, G-rated. Good there. man. Good but man. Is, is he the guy with the painted eyelids? 
Yeah, it was really cool because he had the white eyes. Yeah, right? and and uh, the shading like on his body had the appearance of like the the muscles of Doctor Manhattan. Like, yeah, it was really well done. Like he could coloring. see, he could see normally. Like he didn't have contacts or anything on. He had his regular eyes. But whenever people stopped him for pictures, he would like close his eyes. And yeah, he painted those, his eyelids those, white. those white eyes. So, oh, dog. that's amazing. It, yeah, that's so it was smart. really well done. That would be because they do have they do have white out contacts, mm-hmm. but they are incredibly. Uh, distressing I bet. to wear. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it, it really hurts your eyes to see through them, and they themselves staying in your eyes for that long hurts a lot oh, as well. Ugh. No one wants that. So, like, if you're doing, like, a short thing where you need to, you know, only put them in, like, if you're, exa- like, for example, if it's part of your costume for, like, a band or something like that, and you're only going to need to be on set for, like, 40 minutes, fine. But if you're going to, like, a day-long you know, con. Nine hours? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. No, no, I, thanks. I'm, no, thank you. I I want nothing to do with that. So that Hulkbuster costume that must have been like a real pain in the neck for other people to try and like maneuver for around. For one, just uh, just moving it around, right? So if you're going to Comic Con, you're going to need to bring that with you. So you would probably have to assemble it at Comic Con, right? Because you're not going to there's no pieces, there's no every... door that you're going to be able yeah. to fit. No, through. so just the amount of setup uh, and having to walk on stilts and having to be inside this uh it's warm in there you're probably getting hot uh i I really respect to that guy i really doubt that that guy went through all that trouble and didn't install fans in there yeah you're right no there there probably had to have been some kind of cooling uh system inside maybe Uh, even like a vest with like ice cubes and all that in them because ice vests are a thing yeah Yeah, when i used to do mascotting that was the thing that i used to use all the time was either way that guy was very impressive um I was super impressed by him. I just wore a Marvel shirt. <laughs> I I like taking photos with people in costume, but I'm not that dedicated. Yeah, to I like, feel like I feel like that's pretty much like the attire that I you know I, I'm just going to go wearing. I was like, still representing though, you know, wearing wearing a Marvel tee, but represent right now. Yeah, all hail Modok. I'm uh, I'm wearing a Modok shirt that I got at Comic Con. Uh, there was all kinds of cool characters there, but I had to get something that I thought no one else would wear, and <laughs> Modok came into my head. So I was like, okay, why not? That's outstanding. Man, cosplay is such a wacky thing, you know? Like if you just think about it, like yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend an inordinate amount of money and time putting this together. There are people who are professional cosplayers. Yeah. Like they have professional they make money. photographers. Mostly they, they get paid, I guess, to go to cons. It's mostly ladies yeah. that do it. Oh yeah. They set up like Patreons and yeah. dudes like donate mm-hmm. you know, piles and piles oh, yeah. and piles of money of them to see them in mostly skimpy outfits. Yeah. There, I know there's a, it's a fairly misogynistic industry. Yeah. I'm not a big uh, fan unfortunately, of Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. There are a couple of guys who do it as well, but like, uh, yeah, you're right. After a while, they, they kind of just like get to the skimpy outfits and all uh, that. Poison stuff. Ivy is, is a, is a common one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So professional cosplay is just, but I mean like for the people that it, that's not professional, right? Mm-hmm. That just like want to go. They look forward to this, you know? It's like, they're ha- it's like their Christmas. Yeah. You know, well, it's I mean, like the Comic-Con, three days a year that they get to, yeah, to, to flaunt this. It's always right around Halloween uh, every year. It's in October. And that's something that you can always count on every year. There's always going to be some amazing costumes. It definitely is uh, pretty impressive, the amount of money and time that people put into these, these kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're listening to Beyond the Panel right now on UMFM. We're just going to take a quick short break to play... Uh, a legal ID and a quick ad. So we'll be back in a brief amount of time. We don't give PhD looks here, man. Rolling the fat, laid-back tunes. CJUMFM, U of M. Three of the greatest percussionists performing today come together to share the stage for one special night on Thursday, December 7th at the West End Cultural Center. Amadou Kouyade traces his lineage back 150 generations and has spent a lifetime honing his craft on both the djembe and kutiro. Gone and Weedy Brema first played a beat before the age of two and has since studied with every African master drummer of note. And Juno award-winning member of the African Guitar Summit, Nabi Kamara, is regarded as one of the best balaphone players in the world. Advanced tickets to see this terrific trio perform as the Masters of Rhythm are only $28 plus fees and can be purchased now at Music Trader, Into the Music, The West End, and online at Ticketfly.com. So get yours and mark your calendar to see Nabe Kamara, Weedy Brema, and Amadou Kouyade on Thursday, December 7th at the West End Cultural Center. Presented by Drum Victoria and UMFM 101.5. 
Welcome back to Beyond the Panel on UMFM. I am your host, Brian. I'm joined by Curtis and Brady, hey. as hey. always. Um, we're spending most of this issue talking about Comic-Con. Um, of course, we just finished talking about all the cool cosplays, costumes, people dressing up as certain stuff. Um, did you... Well, we mostly talked about non-comic cosplays. Obviously, we saw two... Curtis said he saw two really cool ones, Dr. Yeah. Manhattan and the Hulkbuster. Yeah. Did you see any other ones? Any other sweet comic cosplays? Uh, I saw a really cool Iron Fist. I mean, that wouldn't be very expensive. You just wear a yellow mask. You, you know, yeah. paint, paint the symbol on your chest. Uh, you know, wear some green. You don't even need to go that far. There are plenty but of it issues. Good. There are plenty of issues where he's literally just in a suit with a mask on top, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, you wouldn't need to go that far. But it far. was really cool. Uh, it, it looked it looked really good. I I, uh, I like that quite a bit. I said to myself, why can't a Netflix series give us a costume? If if it can look cool in real life, then I'm sure the show could do it too. Well, not even not even just that. But if you think about like all the other costumes that that like Netflix or like Netflix series yeah. television shows have done recently, like as much as I don't like the show Arrow, his. Stephen Mel's costume in that is really suit. nice. Mm-hmm. The Flash's costume in the Flash show is is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. yeah, the Daredevil costume in the Daredevil Netflix series is amazing. Yeah, it's so fantastic. Like, why the heck couldn't we get a cool costume for Iron Fist? And I don't know. I, maybe get, season two. And I get spandex is kind of a no no on like TV shows. Yeah, fine. But Put him in a leather jacket. That's the thing. But it's like Daddy Rand's current outfit. It's not even like spandex anymore. He's wearing like a tracksuit that's like rolled up at like the legs. And oh the arms yeah, the, like, the, the current Iron Fist. Oh yeah, Fist. yeah. Like have yeah, him okay. wear that in the show. Yeah, that's hilarious. So. Um, what would you guys, what, what thing could have been at this Comic-Con that would have pushed it over the top? Something that is, like, potentially reasonable. Like, obviously, like, obviously having, like, Scott Snyder is not a reasonable thing. (laughs) Getting a Scott Snyder panel at uh, C4. (laughs) Or, like, Jeff Johns, you know, like, obviously, but, like, what, what thing, what small, tiny little thing, completely inconspicuous, could have pushed it over the top for you? Braden, uh, feel free to take that away. Uh, well, it's kind of a tiny thing, and it really doesn't have anything to do with programming, more say, more more along the lines of distribution of like of the boots and everything. Because how it how it's kind of set up at the moment is everything. Like I was talking about, where everything had its own space earlier. Like uh, the artist alley had its own space, all the shops and everything had their own space. But maybe mix that up a little bit, because when you when you have it all like cloistered together. Like it, it, all the shops kind of like merge to a customer. All the shops kind of like blend together after a while. But if you kind of distribute it more, like have some of like the jewelry booths and that kind of sprinkled throughout, or at least at, like sprinkled throughout half of it, just to, so each person can get like a spotlight. So after a while, your booth doesn't kind of merge in with the rest of those around you, where it's like you still stand out and you still get people coming up and asking to you. I just think like better distribution of like the booths and like and the guests and everything would just make it a lot more poppy. So, how many years have they been in like in this extended uh convention center? This is the second, right? Second, yeah. So, maybe it's just like a learning curve, right? Like they're mm-hmm. just trying to figure things out. I remember that at near the end of the time at the uh, like with the old convention center that they ended up having a really good mix of where everything was, and I mm-hmm. do remember thoroughly enjoying like being able to like dart back and forth in between different shops and panels and artists and stuff like that. So, um, you know, maybe hopefully that's just a learning curve, and next year and the years after will be much better. It's yeah. getting very big though, which is a good thing because like this isn't this isn't called Winnipeg Comic Con. Like mm-hmm. this is Central Canada Comic Con, so you know people are coming over from Saskatchewan, you know, and other Alberta, yeah, other problems, other provinces, Ontario, even the states. Like I've, I've been it's, in line. It's a pretty people. notable con for this area mm-hmm. of of North America. It's one of the bigger cons I think in North America. Period. Yeah. Fan Expo in uh, in uh, Toronto would be like the big one for. Canada. Canada, Sask Expo is actually blowing up. Actually, yeah. like the Saskatchewan Comic Con, that's like really skyrocketing. But this is a good one. Um, so I guess like maybe what, we might have a road trip on our future, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I I love going to cons. Um, I guess like now that we are getting bigger, uh, a way to elevate um, you know, the cons even even further and making them something you know even even more special. For me, at least, and hopefully for a lot of other people, would be, I guess, bringing other people, more people involved in the comic industry. So it was really cool meeting, 
you know, like I mentioned earlier, Jason Fabok, um, Leonard Kirk. But maybe, you know, we're never going to get Jeff Johns or uh, Scott Snyder, but even just maybe other artists, people can buy art from them, mm. get sketches from them. I think that would be really cool. Yo, right now, let's start a campaign to get Matt Fraction here. No. Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction is pretty big. Um, but he, but has, he does a lot of cons. He can, likes doing them, too. What about and that's the, how you know you love you know, your job. I'd, yeah. I'd love Matt Fraction to come. What about uh, John Hickman? Jonathan Hickman. Oh. John, don't tease me, that's, Matt. Uh, don't that, tease me with that's that. That's shooting for the stars. Jonathan Hickman is, like, in my top three favorite writers ever. For, that is shooting for the stars. That, that would is, be unreal for me if he came. That's a, that's a lofty goal. I think someone like Jeff Lemire would be cool because he's both an artist and a writer. And a and Canadian. Canadian. And he's Canadian. So, I mean, that, that might be doable may i don't know question mark but that would be cool though because like most of the featured guests on that list weren't like they were like nerdy people and people that nerdy people are like into but they weren't like hey Super... check out this awesome comic book artist or this awesome comic book yeah, writer right so. it's like bear shell's a really cool actor and yeah. a director um john reese davies is a really cool actor uh, yeah, Steve maybe Bloom some other a good voice, voice actors actor. too would be cool to bring. They've had some really cool voice actors yeah. in the past. Most of the the thing with most most of the voice actors end up going to the anime convention, right? Because that's just where more people like Icon? I guess yeah, yeah, yeah they care yeah, about yeah, that yeah. more. That's like, true. Yeah, like uh, JYB frequents there. Johnny Youngbosch uh, quite frequently is is at uh, anime conventions, and so is uh, Greg Aries as well. I think uh, last C four we actually had uh, Sean Schemmel. No, um, yeah, no like way. voice of Goku. I actually got uh, his yeah. autograph. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. I I I remember last year. And really, that was really pretty nice popular. guy. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I recall that. So, like, obviously, that's a really cool thing too. Um, any any other last thoughts about the about your closing arguments? Last thoughts about about uh, C four before we we change topics? Hmm. I guess for myself, um, bring in bring in some cool voice actors, uh, maybe some other notable comic people. Keep on, keep on making C four into a more popular thing that people can look forward to every year. Yeah, that's and, all uh, I got. Yeah, and like I said, just a better distribution of some of the dealers and that, so everybody stands out and their product stands out. Yeah, but also really, really pump up the indie presence there. Like I, I know there's already a huge indie presence. Like you have so many artist aisles and artist alleys and everything. Yeah, but and I'm not sure what else you can do. But it's just we have so much great talent, not just in this city, but in this province that shows up that it, it, it's it's a sin sometimes that these people <laughs> go under the radar. Yeah. Do you think that they do enough, that, that C4 does enough, like, panels? That's, you know what, that's a really good point. Because I was going over the programming of that, and there was kind of a valley as far as uh, panels. There was very, Chapter House did a lot of panels as far as, like, their art and their writing and their plans for 2018. But and yeah, a couple of other ones like how to be a successful indie, like how to be a, a successful writer. But really, very little, pro, very little panels other than that. Yeah. So I mean, like that's yeah. Having been to a whole bunch then. of probably having been more to have been to more anime conventions than comic conventions, they have panel after panel after mm -hmm. panel. You look and like there's four rooms that are constantly having wow. panels all the time about different things. How to get into this certain anime. How to do voice acting. Uh, you know, looking into certain characters or certain, uh, you know, like arcs and stuff like that. Um, you know, game shows. Mm -hmm. You know, like make it make it a big party. Yeah. You know, like I, I, it's cool that you get to go there and meet all these people and everything like that. But like if you really want it to blow up, like make it a big party. Have like panel after panel after panel. Get Steve Bloom to go in there and talk about what it takes <laughs> to be a successful, you know, yeah, voice yeah. actor. That's like, awesome. I think I think there needs to be more panels at, at, at Comic Con. Give people who I want it because like that's that's something that I really enjoy. I like going and listening and hearing from like the experts mm -hmm. on certain topics. I like picking their brain. I like hearing quirky stories, stuff like that. You know, like yeah, agreed. You know, like going on YouTube and like watching pan like Comic Con panels from like the Archer cast and stuff like oh, that. Oh like, man, imagine getting some of those guys. That'd be you know. Like, so I I would like to see more panels. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I, that's actually a really good. Here, one that here. I didn't say. Right on. <laughs> um, moving on to our next topic. Of course, uh, this Friday Thor Ragnarok drops November third uh, with Hulk in there. Um, Thor, of course, is in there. And the most important actor on the billing, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're all going to try and go see it before next Tuesday. 
Uh, well, try. Not try. I, I've had my tickets for a month already. I always pre-order way in advance, so I will be there this mm-hmm. Friday seeing it on premiere night. I'm going to try and go next Tuesday during the day. I usually get Tuesdays off, so I'm going to try and go Tuesday before the show. Are you going to try and get to see it, Braden? Uh, I work all weekend, and i got a busy Monday, but I'm definitely going to try and sneak it in one of those nights. It, it's getting really good buzz. Before. Okay. Before the next show. Perfect. Well, right good. on. So we're all, we'll all be in here next week having seen the movie yeah. and being able to talk about it. Um, what Are you excited for this movie? I am very excited. I've heard such great, uh, such great things about this film. It seems like they really tried to kind of take the Thor franchise in a different direction, uh, do a lot of interesting things with it. Uh, they're incorporating some of the Planet Hulk storyline in there, which I think is very interesting. Does that not worry you just a touch? Because like the last movie that I went to that attempted to wedge too many storylines together was Batman vs. Superman. True. That bugged me because they weren't able to touch on the finer points of some of the stories. That is true. Um, the thing about this director, uh, Taika Waititi, is he's a he's an indie director. Like he's not he's not experienced with uh, big big blockbusters. But all of his movies, like if you look them up, they've all gotten good reception. He has like this really quirky sense of humor. So he's bringing elements to this big Hollywood movie that. I think, like, other directors just wouldn't do because they are so ingrained in, like, the Hollywood uh, big big uh, blockbusters that they maybe don't have an eye for, like, some of the smaller details. So I do think he's going to do a good job balancing all the story elements. Um, and from what I've heard is he definitely succeeded in that. I mean, haven't seen the movie, but going to go out on a limb and say it's I'm probably going to enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, think it'll, I think it'll turn out well. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I was a bit mixed at the beginning when they were first announcing it. Like, Thor Ragnarok, I was like, okay. Like, when the f- title first came out, I'm like, all right, that's an interesting one. We're actually going to see, like, all the Ragnarok storylines throughout the comics kind of come to fruition here. And then when they released that updated logo where it was all retro and everything, that kind of made me a little leery because I'm like going, all right, are they trying to do with Guardians? Are they trying to do with Thor what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy? And I'm not sure how that's going to work. But I, I was swayed over by the trailers and everything. I, the I have, trailer looks fantastic. It was. I the, really the visuals are insane. Mm-hmm. I really try to not watch trailers because I got into a habit when I was much younger of watching a whole bunch of trailers and getting really, really, really excited for movies and then going watching the movies and having them not live up to That's it. That's understandable. But I watched the Thor Ragnarok trailer and I... It looks so good. I'm excited for this movie. I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't... I haven't enjoyed it. Either of the two previous Thor movies. I thought the first the, one was really good. The first one was a good introduction to the character. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like it was one of the weaker of the MCU films. I think a lot of people would agree, though. Like Thor hasn't had as good movies as, like, say, Captain America or Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie is really going to show us, like, Thor is a really cool character, and he has such a interesting lore and like mythology that you can use with him exactly like each each marvel character has had a definitive uh writer and a definitive run by that writer uh the reason the captain america movies have worked so well is because yeah, the second movies are good yeah like his origin story it's it's inspiring classic. it's a classic origin story uh winter soldier though that comes from ed brubaker's run on captain america and that's that's that is the modern essential cap run right there you go that's the yeah, that's the essential the modern, modern cap run oh yeah I feel for Thor, his definitive writer and his definitive run is that of Walt Simonson. Walt Simonson and now modern day would be Jason Aaron. J- Jason Aaron is... Both of those guys have defined Thor. I got to admit, I'm not a huge Marvel fan at the moment, but I, I have a deep respect for what Jason Aaron Oh, yeah, Aaron's I can't, can't deny that that's a really, really essential run. Yeah, and like Walt Simonson's, his was where they both went wacky. But also really epic in story. It was that whole cosmic thing too. Mm-hmm. Like Thor is, Thor is not like a Shakespearean tragedy. Like it has elements of that, but it can also be kind of cosmic and mm-hmm. zany at times. Even like they yeah. had better Ray Bill in that, and like Frog Thor. Yeah, I mean because just... the fact that Thor is like a god and part of an actual god family, it allows them to. You, yeah, you can do a lot. with You that. can break the metaphysics of reality because of that, right? Like yeah. with superheroes, it's like yeah, okay, like they're a superhero, but like superheroes kind of play by their. They have to stick and play by a set of rules that have been developed by their powers mm-hmm. for the most part. And then most people complain if they get outside those powers. But the thing is with like the wealth and depth of gods that come from that Nordic tree. Yeah. 
and and everything that involves with it, yeah, right? The nine like, realms and everything. Yeah. Everything, right? So like you can you can touch on so many different things and go in whatever different directions and basically meld the story in whichever way you feel like like working it. Mm-hmm. And so it allows for such it allows for such creative storytelling if done right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And when it's done right, it's it's one of the be- Thor can be one of the best written comics out there. Period. End of story. And it, it's like a small point, but it's just like the the color palette from Walt Simonson's run was so rich. Yeah, like you had the rainbow bridge and everything. Everybody had such colorful costumes yeah. in that. Yeah, that it. Because it was like mythological and it knew that it was fantasy, like you could take them seriously in that, and just the color palette for Dark World was just so gritty and and gray and meh. It actually really reminded me, or I guess other way around, is that um, Man of Steel with uh, the the movie, the Superman movie with uh, Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. really reminded me of that in that sort of way. That like you have a superhero with the most iconic color scheme ever. Mm-hmm. And the most iconic, identifiable costume of all time, and you take it and you turn it all brown and gray and gritty and just, ugh. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's depressing. And, like, that's the same way with Thor. Like, the dude has an iconic, awesome costume yeah. with a unique, interesting color palette. Everybody else in his universe has a wicked sweet color palette, too. Like, Loki has a sweet color palette and costume. Tom Hilson is great as Loki. Yeah. It's fun to look at. And so, like, when you take that and take that take that color scheme and that color palette and just rip it out of there like it just drains so much of what makes that comic fun to read yeah and and you see that with this movie there's such a rich color palette to that like so many greens so many blues so many reds that it's just you're, you're just reminded and you're you're going all oh, right this the is hulk, a wacky fun time I the hulk it. is so much more green mm-hmm. in the trailers than he has looked in any of the marvel and he movies has like a point. limited speech which we haven't really gotten from him before like yeah. it's all just been angry roars and whatnot <laughs> so i mean i think that should be interesting having more of maybe a slightly more intelligent hulk in yeah. this i really like the thought and idea of hulk being an ancillary character through like a whole bunch of these movies well yeah because marvel studios can't make a hulk like another solo hulk movie because of rights issues and whatnot so they they have to use them in either team-ups or like the avengers films yeah, right. And I think I've mentioned this before that like my favorite my favorite Hulk run is Indestructible Hulk. Yeah, by Mark Wade. Correct, which utilizes him in a number of team-ups with a number of different Hulk, artists. Hulk works contrasting him, I guess, with various other personalities. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It's fun to read. And so I'm I am insanely excited for, and especially how they introduced him based on the trailer. Like, it looks like it's going to be a really fun time. It does. Yeah. I'm yeah. super excited about this. I am too. And in like a recent interview, Kevin uh, Feige, when they were talking about Thor's presence, and they were talking about how Planet Hulk is such a, uh, an important storyline in this movie, that he said this is kind of the start of like a three. I read that too. Hulk saga. Oh, where it's like I think it's going to Hulk's whole storyline is going to almost appear in the backgrounds of other movies, but it's it's still going to be an important element in those movies. But like you were saying, they can't make dedicated movies. Yeah, unfortunately, like, although The Incredible Hulk is technically in the MCU and, like, Edward Norton played Hulk then... Mm-hmm. He that, was really good as Hulk, yeah, by he, the way. Yeah, he was good. And that movie, like, is canon and everything because, uh, like... Uh, various events that happened in that movie have been uh, referenced in passing. Tony Stark and, appears at the end. Yeah, and yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. is in is at the end of that movie. Unfortunately, after that, uh, something with like Universal Pictures wouldn't allow Marvel to like make another Hulk movie. Are we really sure that that's really unfortunate, though? To I mean, some like, Hulk fans, it would be, I suppose. I'm I not mean, super sad. Do you think a Planet Hulk storyline would work well enough on its own, like as a solo movie? Well, it was in the comics, so I mean, it probably could say it probably that. would. But like, I feel so. I'm a big believer in necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. And so, all of these wicked cool Hulk storylines in the background, and all the weird, interesting writing quirks and tricks they're going to have to use to squeeze basically an entire Planet Hulk movie into the background <laughs> of three other movies mm-hmm. is either going to be really good or so bad that it's going to be good in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> like in a, in a so bad it's good way. Yes. A, okay. Yeah. Like in a Hopefully I can't it's not I can't that. believe that they're wedging ha- forty minutes of a Hulk movie into this Captain America movie kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know. Um, so, you know, I'm 
uh, yeah, obviously I would really enjoy there being a whole Planet Hulk movie, right? Like, yeah. that'd be really cool because Planet Hulk is a freaking cool storyline. And, and, and then you know what that means? That means we get a World War Hulk movie. Which would be cool, but at the same time, like, seeing him as part of, like, a team-up with all these different people telling the Planet Hulk storyline in the backgrounds of, like, three different movies... Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really cool thing to me. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but that sounds like a cool I, storytelling I, I choose mechanism. To pl- I choose to place my trust in in Marvel Studios. I I seem to feel like they understand their characters and they want to be faithful to their mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, DC. Yeah, uh, cough, cough. Hey, uh, ho- hey, hopefully, hey. Justice League delivers. Um, we'll see. Oh, please, please be. That's good. only two yeah. weeks after Thor, by the way. That's please, November seventeenth. We, we, we got Wonder please, Woman. Wonder Woman is a really good movie. Be good. I I have faith. I that liked Wonder learned, Woman. Yeah, it was. I, I have faith that they've learned their lesson. They're like, okay, we can't go too dark. We'll Please. take everything that works in Wonder Woman. <laughs> It'll be here. You just gotta you gotta you gotta trust your characters. The cyborg costume looks really nice mm-hmm. yeah. in the trailers. The cyborg costume looks really really nice. I'm, I'm, uh... and and just seeing like the small bits of like vo- like acting and like uh, lines that the char- that the actor has. I was like this. This guy is a really good cyborg. I like him. Yeah. Where it's like he's not he's not just a dumb jock that like that might appear, but just like there's there was depth w- there him. was one scene in the trailer that did not make me hopeful though, where they're in the Batcave and Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne and not Batman standing in front of Flash, not as the Flash, asking yeah. him to join up and be part of the Justice League. And the Flash says, "Yeah." Oh, that's in Barry Allen's. And house. Bruce, Bruce is surprised. Yeah, I know the and one. And he asked him why. Yeah. And then the Flash goes, "Because I don't have any friends." Yeah. Uh, I was like, ah, "This is." I'm like, "Okay, this is an interesting take on Barry Allen. I'll, I'll, I'll dig it." Uh, That'll have to be an episode. Be yeah. on <laughs> its own. And you just see Justice Batman's League. like desperation at the end. He's like, "You know what? I'm taking you. I don't care if you're weird. You're, uh, you're in my team." <laughs> please be good. <laughs> That that shall be, that that shall be an episode on its own. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll have a Justice League episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when that, when that, that movie comes. comes out, we'll we'll talk oh, about yeah. it. No, yeah, so, for sure. Um, any anything else before we before we head to the wrap up? Uh, interesting. Like, I'm I'm excited for Surtur of all yes, things. Like, Hel- uh, that Hel- looks really cool. Hela looks like a really awesome villain. But just that little clip of Surtur at the yes. end with Hulk jumping at yes. him. You just see how tiny Hulk is compared to him. Like, yes, this is going to be an interesting fight where you have a being made of pure flame versus a being made of pure rage that like cannot be destroyed. Yeah, as long as there's like a single molecule of him being angry, you're done, son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, other than I guess just I I hope that I hope that people really like Thor as much as. As much as he should be liked, because I feel like uh, not everyone has really seen like comic book Thor. Mm-hmm. We we know Thor because we read you know comics yeah, and we like if, Thor comics. If you want a really good one shot, CM Punk's Thor Annual. Okay, is yeah. really good. good it's good, a light uh, read. You don't mention. need a lot. It's it's a super good read, and it's 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 super light. It's like a, just an annual, right? Yeah. So you can pick it up, read it. Get really excited about Thor before the movie, and yeah. then after that, you know, like I just want people to really, really be hyped about Thor as much as like comic book readers who have always known Thor is cool. You know, I want them to see Thor, I guess, in the same way, yeah. in the same light. It's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think I think people are really are really uh, have been really positive about the movie, you, so it shows that it's been yeah, turning out well. Yeah, it surprises me how many people I talk to that are just like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm just kind of like into rom coms and comedies. Oh, but the Marvel movies are really good too. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the general audience uh, watch these. Like, so many people watch Marvel movies, and that's not even like superhero fans. People are just like, you know, they like the movies yeah. because they are funny and identifiable and colorful and awesome. They're the best parts of comic books. Yeah. They are the best parts of comic books. Yeah. Which is like people should be getting into the best parts of comic books all the time. Right? I, yeah. I hope that uh, seeing the movies at least at least piques an interest in the comics. Um, hopefully it does maybe turn some people into checking out some Thor stuff. You know, like Walt Simonson you mentioned, Jason Aaron, CM Punk's uh, one shot. So we'll we'll see, I guess. We'll see what Friday brings, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. All right, to the wrap up. So last week's best selling comics, Batman the Merciless, mm. which we kind of we kind of knew. We talked about that last that week. That was we, a given. Yeah. So every single one of these ones has been the best seller of its week. Always. Yeah. Every single one of them. Um and there's another one coming out this coming week, so assume to see that on the best seller list next week. 
Uh, Flash 33, Detective Comics 967. Come on, Ryan. Action Comics 990. Black Panther 166. Art by Leonard Kirk. That's surprising. It cracks the top five for me. Legacy. So we're finally getting to see some legacy in here. Uh, Saga 48. We talked about that last week as part of our independent. People really like that. It's it's surprising to see an independent comic in the the bestsellers list. Yeah. yeah. People really like Saga. One of the most well-known. Amazing Spider-Man 790. We're getting close to that (laughs) 800. Uh... Nick Spencer. Closer to that Nick Spencer run. We'll, we'll be there in less than a year. Bless us, Nick Spencer. Less than a year away. We'll see what he does. Uh, Wonder Woman 33, uh, Justice League of America 17, and Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps 31. Okay. Anything surprising on there to you guys? Anything uh, that you want to talk about? I guess, I mean, DC, there's a higher DC ratio than Marvel, but it's been like that for a long time yeah, now. That's that, unsurprising. Unsurprising. But it's cool to see Saga on there, you know, mm-hmm. a, a non-Marvel DC that's in the top sellers. I'm glad it's there. I, I can understand Batman the Merciless being the top seller. I bought it, like, Francis Manipal's art is top-notch oh, in that he's, book. he's really good. He's so good. He's able to, like, just convey scenes so well. Uh, th- actually, the Merciless was is probably, like, the least interesting for me oh. of of all these like dark batman interesting i like the origins like the modern story where it's like why isn't it as interesting well like the modern story where it's like taking place in in the now where it has argus shade the military uh task force x having to like try and come together and like solve this right and they get to they get beaten up and destroyed by uh the the merciless batman but like the background story where it's just like oh uh ares killed wonder woman and batman killed him and took his helmet that's that's just not <laughs> as that's not as compelling as, like, the Dawnbreaker Batman was for me. That's fair. Um, okay, so new re- new releases this week. Uh, Doc Savage, Ring of Fire. Dude. That's really exciting to me. I like Doc Savage stuff. It's a $16 book. It Ooh. comes in trade paperback. It is... Uh, how many pages is this? Like 144? Uh, 167. Oh, wow. A wow. little bit, a little bit uh, more. Than, yeah. It's uh, close, though. Yeah, so it's just a it's just a pulp filled a pulp fueled espion, uh, espionage and intrigue setting. That's um, awesome. So I'm really excited about that. I love Doc Savage, yeah, so this would be really that's good. Cool. Uh, Nightwing 32, Injustice 2, number 13, Batman the Devastator, which I'm okay. sure we're going to see in the top selling list next mm-hmm. week. Guaranteed. Um, Iceman, number seven. Oh, okay. Seeing him on his own as part of Marvel Solo Legacy, this Ice should be Man. really interesting. All right. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 146 is part of Legacy. Yep. Um, this Guardians Galaxy has not really piqued my interest at all in any way, shape, or form, but I feel like people are going to pick it up because of the success in the movies. Guardians mm-hmm. is now a... Mainstream Is game. now a good-selling uh, book. Uh, yeah. Cap... Number six ninety five oh, is part of Legacy. Oh, that's the Wade cap. Yep. Okay, I'll yep. have to check that out. I was uh, not a fan of Secret Empire at all, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this. Uh, sh- yeah, well, go it's Mark shot. Wade. So I'm Mark Wade's a really good author. Sure. So, yeah. uh, Avengers six seventy three. Uh, Walking Dead number one seventy three, oh, which wow, is actually yeah. what I've been into lately. I've started. I yeah, just started. So they reading. are in the one. Like, yeah, I just started reading Walking Dead, so I'm not going to have a chance to pick this up new. Obviously, <laughs> I'm still. Like, you'll, you'll get there in. Over I'm only like issues. I'm only like three volumes in, but so far it's been insanely interesting. <laughs> well, the artwork is good. is gorgeous. Um, Charlie Adlard's uh, artwork is, yeah. is beautiful, and uh, Paper Girls number seventeen Very by Brian book. K. Vaughn. Yeah. If you like Stranger Things, which of course the second season just, just dropped, dropped on, yeah. just dropped on Netflix. If you like Stranger Things, you're going to love Paper Girls. Paper Girls is it's for you. Incredible. You. Um, we got a couple of minutes. What have you guys been reading? Uh, well, I started, like, I'm still reading the Batman uh, main book right now. The War on Jokes and Riddles has wrapped up. Yep. The flashback arc is yep. finished. And That's I got over. to say, it was a very well-written story. Not a whole lot of action. Like It wasn't Batman beating up villains or solving a grand mystery. It's just all about... This war breaking out that no matter how hard he tries, Batman can't contain it and stop the casualties is just rolling so It was out. an interesting story. It yeah. was. And uh, so we're now into the, uh, I'm not sure if this is spoiler alert, but like it, it was revealed on the cover and everything. Uh, Batman and Catwoman are getting married. Ooh! Ooh. Interesting <laughs> Pretty for excited. people who, uh, who didn't know that. I Cortez, guess. what are you reading, bro? Uh, for myself, um... Basically, I'll be I'll be checking out that new Wade cap for sure. Love mm-hmm. Wade. Um, be also be reading uh, the new Batman stuff. Um, other than that, for like new singles, I think that's all for me for tomorrow. 
I am now done my Hickman Avengers omnibus. <laughs> Finally, after weeks. Hey, now you can break into Justice League International. Yes, yeah. and Justice League International will probably be will be next on the list. So I will keep you guys informed on how I'm digging it. Wunderbar. Awesome. So thank you so much, guys. Of course, if you want to check us out on the Twitter, we're at BTP Comic UMFM. I know, stupidest Twitter name ever, but whatever. I'm living with it. I've made my choice. We, we made our bed. I made my bed, and now I'm lying in it. Uh, yeah. If you want to email us, of course, we always like emails. Beyond the panel, umfm at gmail.com. All three of us have access to that. So if you want to ask any single one of us a question, you can do that. Or if you want to ask a group one of us a question, suggest an episode, or even any comments, questions, or concerns, uh, please. Let us know. Drop us a line. Yeah, we'll uh, love to hear. We're going to be on next week with our Thor Ragnarok episode. Um, coming up next, Amy's going to be on with I Made You a Mixtape. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Panel. Thank you guys for joining me. It's been UMFM. Catch you guys later. See ya. 101.5.